filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing our second annual State of the Rap game, third annual Grammys recap. Marky Style is back, and guess what? Andrew Patterson is literally live in Charlotte. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised. We got to get to our second annual State of the Rap game and our third annual Grammys breakdown with first-time guest host for the Grammys portion, the great Marky Sal of Marky Sal Wall Decor. Marky, how are you, brother? Hey, how's it going, Gav? Good to be here. Good to have you back on the freestyle. Uh, also, really quickly, let's just get this out of the way right now. Really want to say a big, big fat thank you for trusting the filibuster freestyle. CEO myself to officiate your wedding next uh, summer. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's going to be amazing. Like, you know, other people just, you know, they go with their local priest or, you know, rabbi. I thought, who better than, you know, Gab Money? <laughs> I mean, and I didn't even pay you to say that or pay you to do your wedding, which is probably a good thing. Uh, and you're not paying me, which is probably also a good thing. Um, yeah. What has been the general reaction from people that we both know when you tell them that I'm going to be the officiant? It's, it's, it's amazing. Like, honestly, like, I'll, I'll just, I'll, you know, lay it out there for them. Like, hey, if, you know, if I was going to ask one of our friends, you know, somebody that we know to, to do the wedding, you know, who, who would you guys say I should do every single time? It's like, Gavin, Gavin, definitely. So, um, it's going to be exciting. Well, There's we, going to be some, some, some news made that day, I think. I'll tell you, I, I appreciate it. And filibusterfreestyle.com is where I'm certainly going to post a couple of pics uh, of the ceremony slash reception. We're looking forward to that. And, uh, again, we're, we're, we're happy for you guys. Congratulations, brother. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to uh, utter to, uh, to death do us part, right? Till death, til death do us part. And I am really excited to hear the freestyle vows that you guys will probably write. Um, it's it's going to be tight. Let's get into another, a couple that's already married to kick off our Grammys talk, okay? Um, yep. Beyonce, it was basically her night. You know, a couple other people had big nights too, but Beyonce pretty much had run of the mill and killed it. We'll get into that later. Uh, I want to start with Beyonce's husband, Jay-Z. What did you? What's your take on the whole Jay Z in the front row with the kids dynamic? What were your thoughts on that? So, so the whole Jay Z and Beyonce dynamic, I just, I just don't know what to really think or believe, right? I think I'm just kind of when it comes to celebrities and their and their relationships or their marriages, I'm just super jaded, you know. Ever since uh, Michael Jackson married Priscilla, Priscilla Presley, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's like. I always think that, that it's, you know, maybe they're in love, maybe it's a real relationship, but there's also a good chance that it's being done for publicity. So I, I really don't know what to say. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that Michael Jackson, Priscilla Presley thing, I mean, made so much sense on paper, but it really was the gateway, the gateway drug to the Brangelina, Benefer, you know, Us Weekly lifestyle that so many of us, you know, live or, you know, voyeur into. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting because you, you would think that Jay-Z would – have had some type of a performance. I mean, he's Jay-Z, right? Um, but he literally was in like, I'm going to watch the kids mode, which I'm totally cool with. I get it. I just thought it was really interesting that he was just there kicking it all night, like on straight up dad, you know, Mr. Mom duty, which is again, totally cool. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's totally cool. And I, and I, and I think it, you know, it, it makes, it, it, it ties in a little, a little neat, it ties neatly into the, you know, her being like a feminist and, and that kind of thing, which I, I can 
no doubt. I'm just saying, I think, I think that it just ties in a little too neatly for me. Again, ever since Michael Jackson was a little jaded there. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this. Uh, you probably were around and, and watched Beyonce's what pro- felt like about 15-minute kind of avant-garde performance. Do you see that? Uh, oh, oh, I definitely I, I definitely saw the performance. Um, I, I think that there maybe should, there should have been some, I don't know, some something passed out before you watched it because <laughs> it kind of seemed like it was, there was some moments where it was a little trippy let's just we'll leave it there yeah I think that's well a good way to sum it up for all the grown ups who have to go to work and such but I mean the range of emotions besides confusion that I felt during that performance and again overall I enjoyed it I just I wasn't sure if it was going to break the internet in a good way in a bad way if that chair was going to give way how was that chair suspended was David Copperfield involved like so many Emotions and, and, and feelings. Yeah, you know what? I thought at the end they were going to, like, unveil the meaning of life. Like, that's how, how like, you know, they had all the different, like, different religions being, like, represented and stuff. And so I was just like, wow, we're going to learn something something real tonight. Didn't end up happening. But, you know, it was, it, I thought it was a good, good performance overall. Oh, it's fantastic. And I, I like it. I think I tweeted this, and now it's been about a week plus, but... You know, I feel like the producers were like, hey, Beyonce, we'll give you 20 minutes. And she's like, don't worry about it. I only need 17. Mic drop. But, like, she used her 17. I got this. But, by the way, how come I'm not following you on Twitter yet? Like, I, I don't know. But let me tell you what. Since you asked, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at my name, Gavin Viano. And if you want to follow the show on Twitter, which, ironically, our CMO, Andrew Patterson, is here in Charlotte on my couch right now, probably tweeting as we speak. At FB underscore freestyle is the show's Twitter handle, so holla if you hear me. That guy is the worst. <laughs> the peanut gallery is it. underscore freestyle, right? FB underscore freestyle. And be- before I forget, Marky Sal Waldecor has had a big year since you were last on the show. Uh, you're doing prints for everything. You're customizing stuff. Is the best place to still buy your stuff on Etsy.com, E-T-S-Y.com? Um, well, the thing is, yeah, you can definitely get a lot of, of, of my stuff on Etsy, but, um, also if you, you know, just Marky Style Wall Decor on, on Facebook, you're going to see a lot of other designs that aren't up on Etsy. Nice. And also, to tell you the truth, I've been doing a lot of, uh, custom work lately, so if, if you know, people want anything custom done, uh, certainly that would be the way to get, to get, get in touch just through the Facebook page. Absolutely. So Marky Style Wall Decor on Facebook, and if y'all don't know how to find that, you just find us in the filibuster freestyle. I'll point you in the way of my man, Marky Sal. Now, speaking of people pointing in the way, okay, Adele had a big night too. Beyonce had a huge night. How did you feel about Adele winning over Beyonce? And then how did you feel about Adele, I think, breaking her award because she says she loves Beyonce so much? Yeah. So let's, let's go back one second, if you don't mind, where Adele you know, stopped the song and said, okay, we, we got to re- restart this. I can't do this to him. I can't do this to him. I, again, jaded. I think the whole thing was, was a, like a plan. Like, I don't think that she really got in and, and was off key and then stopped the Grammys. I don't think so. Um, Agreed. Okay. So, so, so then, so we're past that. We can put that one to bed. Um, <laughs> so as far as, as far as her and, <laughs> It's almost like you know what I, I do give her credit for for what she what she's doing. Anytime you're getting an award and, and you 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 know you're thinking about somebody else and you're talking about somebody else more than yourself, not like 
is an orange. Uh, but anytime you get, you get some kind of award and you're, you're willing to share the spotlight and talk about somebody else, I think that's a good thing, right? Admirable. But at the same time, I thought she had to do it. She had to do it because so many people do believe that Beyonce had a had a better album than Adele, and so it's almost like you know she cut people off. Like she knew it was gonna it was gonna be the case that people were gonna say, "Oh, Beyonce got robbed." They do every year going to the back to Kanye West. But <clears throat> so so I, I I think it's admirable that she did it. Um, admirable. But I don't, you know, I think, like I said, I think she kind of had to. Well, let's take it a step further. You, like you kind of alluded to it. If, if, we're, if we're jaded on really polished artists having kind of manufactured relationships, wouldn't an A-lister like Adele have publicity people who are like, if you win, you're going to get backlash. So to your point, do exactly what Marky just said, which is break the thing. You already have like 20 of them anyway. And, you know, there'll be no, there'll be no problem for you to defer to Beyonce, you're basically going to get ahead of the haters, which is a great move, genius move. And that's exactly what I think it is. I, I think I thought it was a, 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 a in one sense a genius move, but in the other sense, you know, she she had to do it anyway. And, you know, in my opinion. Gotcha. All right, let me let me switch gears a little bit to uh, another seminal act, and, and and let's talk about Tribe Called Quest. And with the exception of Fife Dog having passed away, which is a huge exception. How perfect of a social and political climate is it right now for a tribe called Quest to be making their comeback and doing it with a vengeance? I, I mean, it's just it's just unreal, and I mean that that song is just so so powerful. Actually, the, the majority of the album that I've heard was also powerful, but like the, the performance, it's, it really is it really is uh, you know the, the, the right time for it. The same the same way it was the right time for you know uh, Beyonce's recent performances. You know, you hear the things about uh, it being more important for artists to come out and make their work in times like these. Um, but it certainly is teed up for them, man. Like, and, and they're talented guys, so you know it works out for us as well. No question. I mean, I've never, you know, I I think I've talked about it on the show before. I mean, I have an irrational, and I'm not even sure where it came from. Love of a tribe called Quest and their music, but I've never been more proud to like irrationally love them than I was when they performed at the Grammys, I thought it was ballsy and poignant and exactly what the part of America that needed it needed, you know, and I include myself in that, even though, um, you know, there are others who are way more directly affected by what's going on than, than me, certainly. Um, and I just feel like, you know, getting back to common sense and being decent to each other has always been like tribes deal. They've always been about the love. And I think showing that other side, which is their frustration uh, and that if you all refuse to be decent, then we're prepared to fight to the death for the soul of the nation, and we'll call you President Agent Orange on CBS or whatever channel that was. Phenomenal. Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes is full effect. You know what I mean? That, that was awesome. No, it, 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 and I agree with that 100%. And, and I do think that uh, you hear a lot about uh, you know people you know, rolling their eyes about liberals and Hollywood and this and that. But, you know, it is important for people who have a voice, who have a voice to, you know, make this. Actually, it's important for everybody. It's important for, for people who want to go out and protest. I'm sick of hearing people say, oh, you know, you lost, you millennials, stop crying, like, get a job. No, it's people are pissed. 
and they're going to tell you about it. They're not going to sit back and just, like, let this happen. I'm sorry. Like, it was a minority of Americans who elected this guy. We're not going to sit back and be like, oh, yeah, no, let's give, let's give him a chance. You know, let's give, let's give Breitbart a chance to run the country. Sorry. Right, right. I think it'd be easier to give anybody a chance if every single pick they made it wasn't flying in the face of, like, the people who lost. You know, so it's one thing if you were like, I'm going to be like, – and again – History will tell us otherwise, but when George W. Bush, who I never voted for, won in the closest election, certainly of our lifetime, he, he tried to be like, I'm going to be a uniter and kind of, div- you know, I'm going to try to govern from the middle. And the fact that him and Gore were so close was because they both kind of ran on, I'm in the middle. And then when 9-11 happened, Dick Cheney kind of took over and took liberties and we went really right. But Trump wasn't like, oh, I lost the popular vote. I won the electoral college. Let me pick some people like from the other side of the aisle. He was like, let me pick every agency and then pick a head of that agency who's been fighting against that agency for their entire adult life. And then, oh, why yeah, are right, you, why right, are you right, liberals let's mad? Head somebody, let's head somebody who could be the head of the EPA who has Hates talked the about dismantling it. Like, let's head some uh, secretary of education, somebody who wants to tear public schools apart. Like, it, it just, you know, the one the one area where, where he has done, you know, decent with some of the nominations after Flynn would be, you know, with, like, the defense. Um, those are things that right. Right, right now I think is that I can swallow, but as far as, like, the, um, as far as, you know, the agenda here in the United States, it's, it's, it, it, none of it, it, none of it seems to make sense. It seems like he's putting people in place who basically just want to tear the government down, and that's kind of scary. Yeah, right, and, and so, and that's clearly what Steve Bright, oh, sorry, uh, Bannon has been on the record as saying for years, and so yeah. like if he's on the record as saying he wants to tear it all down, let's put him in charge of the strategy. Well, then we know what the strategy is. It's called tearing it down, and that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The strategy is running the country like an '80s tag team of bad guy wrestlers. Oh, nice, Andrew they Patterson. They getting called out on stuff, and then they look at the camera like. Who, me? <laughs> what did I do? I love having the third guy in the booth right now. Love it. Well, uh, and, and, that, and that ties in because you know Trump, Trump has that, that uh, WrestleMania background too. So you, that's exactly where he got his strategy from. Bing, bang, uh, boom. From the, from the legend himself, Vince McMahon, whose wife Linda is rumored to be somebody that Trump might appoint as, a, as somebody to do something. She got approved. What'd she get approved for? I don't know. Okay, she got approved for something and we don't have our research, but that's okay. Because tonight's unofficial sponsor of the week, Bud Light, always goes down smooth. Uh, All right. Speaking of always going down smooth, Marcos, you may remember a little band from the 90s and late 80s called Color Me Bad. Do you not? Color Me Bad. I do. Well, number one, I got three things to say to those guys. Uh, Having their song, one of their songs, I forget which one, All for Love, reprised during, during a Gap commercial during the Grammys, good for you guys. Number two. Liking and retweeting the filibuster freestyle on Twitter and Facebook last week. Great for you guys. I love you guys even more than I did when I learned about your existence on New Jack City soundtrack. So just want to give props to my boys. Color me bad. Also, that's fantastic. I mean, basically, you you made it once. Once Color Me Bad retweets you, um, you you definitely definitely made it. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping for like J.K. Rawlings or something, but we'll see. J.K. Rawlings would be a nice. Follow up. Um, the other important thing to pr- point out here, other than the fact that I did ask any member 
of Color Me Bad who would like to come on the freestyle to come on, and I've yet to hear a return reply on that one. Uh, and that's cool, guys. That's cool. Uh, is that you and I were once part of an unofficial supergroup called uh, Multicultural, which uh, frankly wow. may or may not performances, huh? There were some performances, and then we'll leave it at that. But one day, the freestyle, maybe your wedding, is going to do a little like Snapchat of the reunited multicultural. And frankly, whew, just get your Brian McKnight songs out and get ready to dance. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's it. We, there was one night with Brian McKnight, 70 Florence, Worcester Mass, just saying. Okay, we got that out of the way. What do you got? Oh, okay, I thought you had something. Sorry. Uh, speaking of someone who does have something, I want your take on Alicia Keys, man. Her performance at the Grammys, if you remember it. So, you say, like, do, do you remember it? Like, were you, were you having a bag by that? No, no, or, I remember it. Was, I remember it. I'm wondering if you um, remember it. So, so I honestly don't... See, I'm a, it, it, it pains me to say, I'm a huge fan of Alicia Keys, and I like her whole... You know, going El Natural right now. I really dig it. Yep. Uh, but I don't remember the performance. Remind me, who, did she sing her own song? Or no, like she a, came out with a woman who I believe is a country singer. And unfortunately, country is my kryptonite. I know none of them besides like Tim McGraw. Uh, and of yep. course, the great Garth Brooks. But um, she came out and she came out with looking El Natural. And she sang a duet with a woman. And she sang the other woman's song with her and out sang her. Which, not shocked at all because she outsings everybody. A real talent, you know, the fact that she, you know, can sing and, and play the piano and just, you know, just all time performer, she's, she's great. So she crushed it and she reminded us all why she did. Now, do you remember the Katy Perry performance with the picket fence and such? Yes, I do remember the Katy Perry. What are the hot That's takes? Cool. You know, you've got a fiance, you've got a, a son at home who might have watched it with you as well. What was the hot take of your kind of family unit there uh, in terms of her performance? You know what? There, there wasn't necessarily anything that, that, that pops out. I mean, I think Katie was probably, my Katie was probably asleep because after we watched TV for 15 minutes, she's usually asleep. That's how she was. And uh, so, so I don't, nothing really stands out to me that much. Um, yeah, I got nothing. Got it. I just thought the picket fence thing was, someone said that they put her behind a picket fence because she can't dance, which I thought was kind of, you know, whatever. That's, that's not nice. That's not nice, Twitter. It's not nice. Um, she's talented, but I don't didn't know the song, and I was hoping maybe you did. All right, let's get into something we definitely know, which is Bruno Mars. Okay, uh, my man is super talented. He literally, to quote Luke Cage, Marvel superhero from Netflix series, "Sweet Christmas." My man like did Prince like Prince. Like, what was that all about? Like, I didn't know yeah, he could I play mean, the guitar I mean, like that. So, so, so the guitar was was. It was unbelievable, and you're right. Like you know, people always talk about how how talented Prince was as just a musician overall, but definitely a guitar player. And and wow, Bruno Mars killed it. And and he also straddled that same sexuality line that that Prince loved to straddle. Like it was like you know he had on like a lot of the eye makeup and you know making you know dancing like you just didn't know and it was like wow it almost was like watching Prince he, he, oh, he killed it yeah it was phenomenal I had no idea he could play guitar like that and that was I mean he's an amazing performer and I've known that for a long time but just to watch him like do a Prince tribute act but actually play the guitar I was off the chain impressed um, 
Let me ask you this, and I never, I didn't ask you this pre-show, but James Corden, the host, right? Um, besides carpool karaoke, do you watch him at all? Do you know him at all? You know what? He, he'll pop up on, um, like, you know, in, in my Facebook feed or, or Twitter, and you know, if I have the time, I definitely watch them. I do think they're funny and entertaining. Um, I thought that his his, um, I don't know if it was the opening where he did the rap. I thought that was great. Um, so, so yeah, I, I do watch him. If I if I see that he's, I, I never put him on TV late night, you know what I mean. But if I see somebody repost um, one of his videos or something like that, then I'll then I'll watch him. Gotcha. Okay, I I, feel, I mean I know I know he's been around. I just don't know him that well. Did you think he did a pretty good job hosting the Grammys overall? I think that he did. I think that he did a, a good job. I think that. Um, you know, I, rarely is there a host that, that blows you away when those, those award shows, you know, you think back to like maybe uh, Billy Crystal, you know, he, he, I feel like he just was, was the perfect host for those shows. I don't know that there's anybody other than that who has been like, you know, oh, right, I need to tune in because they're hosting it. I think he did a good job. I, don't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go like B+. Plus. I'd go like, you know, B, B minus, maybe. Got it. Which, at the end of the day, a B minus is better than a train wreck, right? But, yeah. I'll take a B minus. And I think it was his first time hosting it, so he might get it again, and he might, he might you know, grow into it. Again, I, yeah, I thought he was, you know, slightly above average, you know, not super memorable, didn't, didn't hurt the show. Fair. Okay. All right, let me, let me hit you with one hot take. These, these guys, 21 pilots. They won a, a Grammy or, or two or more. They... I'm not hating. They're doing great. They're killing it. But I feel like Gym Class Heroes has got to be somewhere pretty pissed off right now because the dude basically just took the entire flow from Gym Class Heroes. They took the soundtrack from Gym Class Heroes. They basically just repackaged it. It'd be like if Blink-182 was like, yeah, sorry, Green Day. We're going to win all the Grammys based on doing your work for you. Now, maybe it's the times. Maybe it's the, you know, where music's gone, and that's great and good for 21 Pilots, but I just can't help but think the gym class hero wasn't at home being like effing Chuck Norris to quote, you know, Ben Stiller from uh, Dodgeball. Yeah, well, well, what I can say is, um, you know, I do have a nine-year-old, yep. and he, he's into a lot of different music. You know, he likes hip-hop, he likes plastic. He, he likes 21 Pilots. He, he's got one of the songs on his playlist that he listens to all the time, so... So he probably has no idea about the other other groups that you know you mentioned, and, but he's definitely a Twenty One Pilots fan. All right, so we got they got the nine year olds, and guess what? Nine year olds like music a lot more than guys who are thirty, whatever I am, eight, thirty eight. So good for good for me, good for Braden. Great. Uh, right, exactly. let, let's get into the rap game, okay? So last sure. last year and two years ago, and maybe even more, Kendrick Lamar was featured prominently within the Grammys telecast. Um, Unless I missed it, we had no Kendrick Lamar this year. Um, no Kendrick. Which is totally fine. I'm sure he's just taking a well-deserved break, and he's, he's still everywhere. But um, a little odd that he dominated and then further dominated and then it, nothing at all this year. I mean, was that maybe the biggest void in the rap game from a mainstream standpoint that you, you noticed? Yeah, Joe. You know what? Um, his, his absence, I, I didn't really, didn't really, you know, it didn't jump out to me. Um, what did jump out to me, and what's kind of been becoming more apparent in the last year, I'd say, is you know, rap always takes on um, a different 
uh, you know, rappers are rapping about different things all the time, right? Yep. And it's, it's like this procession, right? So that, you know, when we were kids, it was all about, you know, who had the best DJ and, and who had the best rhymes, right? Yep. Then you got into gangster rap and they're talking about, you know, like killing cops and stuff. And, and then you get to Eminem talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> but, but I feel like, I feel like the, the, the rappers nowadays are so like socially conscious. And not only that, not only like socially conscious of like they're talking about politics or they're talking about, um, you know, whatever, but they're just really talking about what their, what their thoughts are, what they're going through. Um, Chance the Rapper, for example, yep. um, was rapped a lot about, about God. And, and it's not like the kind of thing where he's like kind of, oh, you need to go to church every Sunday, whatever. He's really just rapping about like what his relationship is to, you know, to religion. And same way Big Sean does that as well. So I feel like that's the biggest change that I've seen in, in, in the last year or so is that it's become more and more, um, it's, it's okay to, to rap about God where before it was kind of taboo. Try, okay, yeah, that's a great take. And, and frankly, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I feel like there are several artists, whether Christian rock or there's like a lot of John. And I'm not saying that this is Christian rap, but my point is uh, spirituality is, is, a, is a big part of commercial music. It's a big part of going to church for a lot of different religious denominations. So it's actually kind of funny. It has never gotten to this point before, but we're definitely a long way from gangster rap and from go DJ. That's my DJ for sure. <laughs> And believe me, I love my DJ. I love my DJ. Um, oh, definitely. All right, well, let's. You also had mentioned, I mean, maybe a, a hot take on Nicki Minaj. Uh, what do you got there? Okay, so so Nicki Minaj, I, I, when, when she first came out, like, I just didn't give her, I feel like, the respect and the time that I should have. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was a, a little bit of that, we, you know, we, we automatically take men more seriously. Then we do women in certain things, and especially rap has been so dominated by male yep. throughout its history. And then, and then when, when I sat down and actually, you know, listened to her whole album the whole way through, you know, not only is she a genius rapper, and, and when I say genius rapper, I'm talking like top five right now. Um, you know, she also just musically super talented. You know, like you know, I always I gave you know Kanye a lot of credit for his songs being like complete and not just they not just raps and not just you know good songs they like, always great beats and and her album is right up there so um i i just like i guess i just want to come out and you know apologize to nick and say you know what my bad going forward <laughs> i'm not going to treat you like that and and we'll, we'll make it work that's right nikki you're invited to the wedding uh, if i can officiate you can officiate if you want to officiate instead open invite uh, no matter what, it's going to happen. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be gorgeous. But, you know, again, Nikki, we're sorry. And I feel like, you know what? I kind of took that exact same approach with Eminem when he first came out with Hi, My Name Is, Waka Waka Slim Shady. I was like, okay, here's the Vanilla Ice in 1998. And then all of a sudden, my man totally, totally put that in my face times a million, right? So, um, you know, and like you said, he, he he's a man, but he obviously was a white man. And to that point, most white men who made it commercially were kind of a joke. And Eminem obviously was not a joke. And how would I know that? Right. But preconceived notion was, oh, here's this year's Eminem. Sorry, here's this year's, again, Vanilla Ice or whomever. And it was like, no, 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 this guy's rhymes are great. He's talking about crazy stuff um, with a can full of gas and a handful of matches. I mean, great, great rhymer. I mean, whoof. But anyway, I agree. I was slow to come on to Nicki Minaj. She's done her thing. 
Okay, a couple things that I want to get into. El Presidente, numero 45. Um, ta Coates, he actually came to the school I work at, Davidson, and spoke. I was traveling. I missed it. I think a lot of him. What are your thoughts on ta right now? Okay, so, first of all, Between the World and Me is, is one of my favorite books. Okay. And... It, it, it's complicated, right? Because I think it's a, I think it's a great book. Um, I think that that you know I got a lot out of it. Um, but I think you need to go into reading the book with the with the right uh, point of view, right? Just realizing that uh, let's just say generally, like to you know white America, um, he he isn't writing the book for you, and he's not worried about offending you in the book. Now, his point is not at all to offend you, but I do think that um, some of the ways that he makes his points can come off as offensive um, to people. Like, he keeps uh, referring to uh, white people in the book as people who believe themselves white. Hmm. And I know that, I know that um, you know, there are people who, who could take offense to hearing that, especially, he, it's not like he says it once, that's kind of like how he refers to it the, through the, throughout the book. Um, and, and, you know, what I would ask is if, if anybody were to, to read that book, that, you know, they try to do with as, as much of an open mind as possible because I promise you, at the end, he ties it up nicely um, to, to, make a, to make some really good, you know, points and, and, and show you his, his uh, how he views the world. Got it. Yeah, sure. He's definitely a, a leading mind in a time and on a subject where there's a lot going on right now, um, <laughs> to say the least. And, you know, again, uh, it, like anything, if that's complex, you got to keep an open mind before the person ties up the argument or the points they're trying to make, or you can get off on the wrong foot for sure. Um, sure. Let's talk about a guy who may or may not get on, on the right foot. Breaking news, we did not talk about this, but Magic Johnson has been named Lakers president. Jeannie Buss has fired her, her brother Jim Buss and award-winning, championship-winning GM Mitch Kupchak. Uh, how do you think Magic's going to do as team president? He's already not done well as head coach back in the day. Um, he's done okay as a broadcaster. He's a hell of a businessman. Top 10 basketball player of all time. Certainly top point guard, of, top three point guard of all time. You think Magic is a good job against the Lakers back in short time or no? I think it's a disaster. And it's not because I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the, the Lakers to be bad. You know what? I'm not. I'm not rooting for the Lakers to be bad. I'd like for the Lakers to be good because I'd like to have some more good like finals. Celtics versus Lakers. Right. Um, however, however, I just think that um, he. I, I think he's going to try to be like you know make splashy moves. I think he's going to try to like say, "Hey, Magic's in town. Look at what I'm doing." You know, instead of being patient, instead of like you know having long term strategy. Um, that, uh, why am I saying that? Just because I, I think, like you said, when he was a coach, um, or you know, on some of the other ventures that he's that he's been in on, like you know, when he's on TNT, uh, half the time he's not making sense. He's just talking about you know how it, I, I don't know. I, I just I guess the point is I have a, a lot of a great deal of respect for him as a basketball player, as a um, as a like you know, a senior statesman for the NBA, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but as far as as far as being the guy who's who's in, in the back, you know, making the tough decisions and, and, and planning out the long term strategy. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's no Danny Ainge. I like it. All right, good take, especially because I put you on the spot there. All right, let's get into. Let's get it. By the way, for those of you 
who haven't been derided or deterred by the, uh, the, the jabs that we've already thrown at the current administration. If you're still with us, but you think going full bore will, will get you upset, you might want to press stop right now. Because the freestyle is about to go in deep on, coming off. on the front end of the front term of the first year of one President 45. So really quickly, Marcos, you, met, Mark, you mentioned this. You're a parent of a nine-year-old. What is it like to be a parent right now? Well, um, so far, it hasn't been... It hasn't been it hasn't been necessarily that much different. Now, uh, I think Braden hears a, a good deal of what I say and how I act, and so so you know you get some of like he you know pretty much verbatim what I say about Trump. So um, hopefully he doesn't get in trouble for that. But uh, <laughs> as far as like as far as like him, um, you know, coming home and saying this happened or that happened, nothing like that has happened yet. Uh, but I do feel that there's going to be more of a priority for any parent um, to kind of have those conversations with their kids going forward about, you know, the, the need for, uh, you know, respect and diversity and, uh, you know, you know, just, just kindness. I think that, I think that, that, that you know, when, when you have a president who's, who's a, who's a bully and, you know, says mean things about people who don't deserve it, uh, you know, calls out, uh, people in the press and, and tried to make them the enemy and, and get you know all these people riled up about it yeah. I think it's important to, to, to get down to that younger generation and say hey listen I know this guy was a elected um, president but that was a fluke bro you know like don't it's not it's not cool or nice or interesting to be like that so uh, don't be like Donald Trump that's that's where the conversation will eventually end up as uh, Billy Madison once said, Oh, Doyle, I got a family. You and your you know, theory, your whole family's going down. You know? <laughs> oh, Doyle, rules. Exactly. All right. And, and Andrew Patterson, Peanut Gallery, is now in full effect to join in the show. So here's my hot take on the Trump administration. And I mentioned this earlier uh, at dinner. We've given control of the country back to the grandfathers of America. You know, when we were kids, Ronald Reagan was like grandfather age. George H.W. was grandfather-aged. So we were doing grandfather-aged policy and feelings on social issues. Clinton, obviously a younger guy. W. Bush, a younger guy. Certainly Obama was a younger guy, like our parents' age, or kind of like the cool uncle's age. But like W. is actually a front for Dick Cheney to be president, who was a grandfather age. So I just feel like the country is back in the hands of the grandparents. And because our future shouldn't be to be scared of progress— um, you know, I kind of look at this as like Steve Bannon, Mike Pence, Donald Trump are a human computer virus in the pr- in the progress that is our great nation. Uh, a big difference would be I actually like my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's one strike against Gavin's philosophy. It's an outlandish. It's an outlandish theory. I'm just saying. Well, what? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good call. Marky, what do you think about the, the whole Grandparents of America leadership thing? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that there's definitely some truth there. I think that the um, the fact that, that uh, somehow it's been normalized, you know, the, that kind of the behavior or that attitude that they have um, that has been normalized, it's like it, 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 it certainly is like your old 
crazy grandparent at the Thanksgiving table, like, just, like, not making any sense talking about, you know, offending people left and right. Like, just, just I'm old, and I'm, I'm going to be off this earth soon, so let me just get all this vitriol out. Um, I, I don't know, like, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, I'm glad, I'm glad I don't have any grandparents that are like that, but it's just, it's sad. Correct, and I, the one grandparent of mine that I knew, sweet lady, lovely lady, and to all the grandparents out there, I love y'all too, but none of you the president, so it's okay. Um, a little different. Anyway, all right, let's talk about Sean Spicer and the fact that I didn't know who he was until Melissa McCarthy started lampooning him as spicy on Saturday Night Live. Uh, it's a two-parter. My take on Sean Spicer, fellas, is you know when the best man at your wedding is giving a terrible toast in honor of the bride and groom? That's what Sean Spicer as press secretary reminds me of. Unfortunately, he's doing a wedding five days a week. Yeah, except that if you were the, if you were the groom, you love the toast, and everybody else hates the toast. Everybody else is like, this is the worst toast ever. But the groom being like, this toast rules. Correct. But the problem is when the, bro- when the groom is insulting the bride, a.k.a. the American people, Usually the groom's like, oh, crap, dude. You can't tell that story here. My parents are here. Her parents are here. Anyway, that's my take on him. Marky, you got takes on your boy Sean Spicer so far? Yeah, I do. I mean, first, first of all, I think that, I think that um, you know, he, his, first, his first press conference was such an embarrassment, you know, or I guess you, you can't even say press conference. You didn't take any questions. He just comes out <laughs> and yells the media about the fact that Rick Donald Trump's crowd size was just as big as Barack Obama's, whatever he argued to that point, um, was, was just was just absurd. So, so he was he was set up for failure, um, and and I think that Melissa McCarthy did a tremendous job of of, of just really kneeling down what it was about this guy that kind of irked you. You know, it's like why did, why don't I like this guy? And then she comes out and she does it, you know, brilliantly. Um, so, in, 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 you know, we have to we have to uh, give kudos to Saturday Night Live overall, just for yep. kind of you know keeping some sanity going on in the world. And that's kind of weird that you would have to look to the comedy show to right. really get the the, the, the the truth. But that's that's where we're at right now. They're they're the people who are going after them and, and going after the facts more so than than you know some other news media. Correct. And I would say that you know her as spicy is genius, but. This is the most, like, I haven't cared about Saturday Night Live probably since, like, 1999. Um, Then I turned 21 and started going on on Saturday nights. And now I'm just old and I'm asleep before it comes on. But, but, in that entire journey, I've never been like, oh, man, I'm really sorry sorry that I missed, you know, Fergie and Black Eyed Peas eight years ago on Saturday Night Live or, you know, whomever. But all I know is that the two things... Like, they were at their apex for me, like, in the 90s, were Saturday Night Live and A Tribe Called Quest. And they're now both back and as hot as it ever been because... Extremely relevant. Maybe going backwards politically is a good thing for at least, like, for us in our 30s whose pop culture was out of date because now our pop culture is front and center again. And maybe that's, like, the silver lining in this vast American nightmare. (laughs) It's a nightmare. But the fact that The Tribe and Saturday Night Live, two of my favorite things from the 90s, are, like... The jam right now. I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> um, all right. Last thing I've got. 
I, and I'm for, for anonymity's sake, I'm going to keep this very general. I talked to a friend who has a friend who voted for Trump. And I asked my friend how her friend was feeling two months later. And, you know, the, the vote was cast mainly due to hating Hillary, not necessarily believing in Donald Trump. And I'm just going to go on a limb and tell you guys what you already know, which is that person is now incredibly nervous. Um, and especially related to the Muslim ban and the cozying up to Putin and Russia. And my response, and you guys probably know what it's going to be. What did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? It was never going to be okay. It was never going to be like George W. Bush with a heavy dose of nationalism. It was going to be a train wreck. To quote the late, great Dennis Green, he is what we thought he was. He is what we thought he was. (laughs) You want to crown him? Crown him. Yeah. So I just can't believe how many people actually talk themselves into the guy because they didn't like somebody else and didn't think for a second about Who's this dude surrounding himself with? When does this guy ever acknowledge facts that go against him? And again, I didn't vote for the guy, but I also didn't vote for Hillary in the primary. I wasn't happy with my choices either. But I'm happy that I didn't cast this choice. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I'm white, and this is going to sound like such bragging, and I don't mean it to, but white middle class, I've never had to be politically active in my life. Yep. Since Donald Trump has been elected, I have joined the NAACB. I have joined the ALCU. ALCU, and I have donated to multiple refugee centers. And didn't you even give to Planned Parenthood? And Planned Parenthood. And you're, you're a man, so you don't have to worry about that So, either. like, and that's just one person. Right. The fact that this is getting a lot of people who were comfortable in their life and, and never really needed to be politically active because, I mean, let's face it, I was lucky. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, you, were, you were, quote, unquote, safe. I was safe. Um, so I think that that could be what ends up bringing him down is that a lot of these people, not the people who voted for him that are now upset they voted for him, but the people who didn't vote for him are even more now upset. realize they have to get off their ass and do something for what they believe. Right. In. Cause really he and she lost to 50% of the people who didn't bother showing up. Right. Which is a crappy way to not vote. Anyway, Marky, any takes on either friends with buyer's remorse or friends of friends or frenemies of buyer's remorse or anything along those lines? Yeah, I, I mean, not necessarily about about friends with with buyers remorse. Although I do, you know, there there are some awkward conversations of people who, you know, are are trying to trying to defend him. Not not saying that they vote for him or they're big fans of his, but they're almost on that point of like, you know, give him a chance, or you know, we haven't really, you know, the, the news media is being so unfair to him. And I guess that's where I'd, where I'd like to tie up my point of view here is that, you know, all this talk about, you know, the fake media and um, alternative facts, you know, just so often you see Kellyanne Conway out or Spicer or, or uh, Trump himself and literally you know when they're on TV, they will lie, right? Yes. Every single time they're on TV, there's some kind of lie that comes out. Now, the same people who are tell- who are out there lying to you day after day are also people telling you to distrust the media. Right. The, the, the scariest part of that for me is that that's working for, you know, a, a, a Trump, like a certain amount of Trump supporters. It's working. It's, it's, yeah. They yeah. feel like, oh, he is giving it to the media. He is this person who's fighting for us. But, like, the fact that, like, they know that he lies, but... But they're willing to, 
to let that go. But uh, but then there's you know the Washington Post, the New York Times, the CNN, all these other people who are actually out there looking for truth. You know, um, and, and they're told to distrust that. That that's that's the part that's keeping me awake at night. Right, and the other thing is, no one no one is saying don't believe the business section of the Washington Post, or don't believe the stock market, or don't believe the you know the sports section. But like, if the stock market starts going badly, uh, are we going to be told that that's fake economy? Like, are we going to? I mean, again, I'm hyper. I'm, I'm being hyperbolic, but like, if we know that you're willing to lie about anything and everything, and, and no one care, and enough people don't care, then you really do have all the ingredients you need to erode erode democracy, and that's crummy. It's just crummy. And I'm oversimplifying it with crummy, but there's a lot of choice words I could use that it's a family podcast. I'm trying my best here. You know, uh, I think crummy might have been 45 on my list of 46 <laughs> words to choose to describe the Trump presidency. <laughs> well, thank you and thank you and thank you. All right, last topic and we're out of here. And Mark, you stick around and catch up. But Mark Cuban played in the Celebrity All-Star Weekend game, wore number 46 for a jersey. He is a noted adversary of Donald Trump. He is a billionaire. He, uh, besides being a psycho sports fan, seems to dabble in reality much more. And he's a Republican. Do you think he's going to run in 2020? Do you want him to run in 2020? Do you see shades of Ross Perot back in like 92? Uh, So, so I, I think that, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that he's going to run. If he runs, I think he'll run as a, as an independent. Yep. Um, I think that I, you know, I don't necessarily know. So I guess there's a point. I don't care if it's if it's um, Mark Cuban, if it's um, you know Elizabeth Warren, or if it's Marco Rubio. Like I don't care who who takes them out. <laughs> I, I want everybody to work together to take them out. So so I guess the, my 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 thinking is that I'm not sure if he's going to run or not. But if he if he has a chance to uh, to defeat Trump, I sure hope he does. Holler back. All right, listen, Andrew, anything I'll add on that? Um, I think you miss, missed Mark Zuckerberg. That's what I think it's going to be. That's, that's the dark horse candidate for 2020 really? is Mark Zuckerberg. Well, he'd be 35 by then. Yeah. Wow. The Zuck dog. The Zuck dog, I'm calling it. Do we? It on the board. Paper. On, on the board. On, on the internet. On the ethernet and the internet? Yeah. All right. right the World Wide Web. Okay. So you heard it here potentially first. Zuckerberg 2020. I love it. Outlandish theory of the week of all theories. All right. Marky Sal, Waldecor on Facebook. Check out Marky's work. Get your own stuff customized. It's great work. In fact, I am remiss from ordering like 17 Boston sports memorabilia themed things from my home. As Andrew can attest, my walls are fairly bare. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Philbusterfreestyle.com. Marky, thanks for taking the time, brother. I'm looking forward to seeing you up north soon. And if you need to get out of the winter, yeah, thank you, Andrew. come on down here. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Stick around, all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, you got to ask a big favor. you got to like us on Facebook. you got to go on iTunes. you got to share it. you got to leave a review. you got to subscribe. We appreciate it. Yeah.